Hey, what's up, everyone? It's another episode of Social the Shit. Uh, this weekend had Modern Horizons coming out, the pre-release, and I'm excited for the set. Like, there's a lot of cards that seem to be very influential in uh, the modern formats. At least I anticipate some of them seeing a lot of play. And I brought along uh, two good friends of mine, representing uh, Team Hard Knocks, uh, Matt Norton and uh, Mario Lillard. How's it going, Matt? That's oh, going great, man. Nice to, nice to be on the show. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Lillard? Greetings. Another day living and breathing, man. Last <laughs> <Let's say hashtag. laughs> All right. Oh, man. So I did not get a chance to, to draft the set yet, but um, did either of you guys have a chance to draft it? Yeah, I got to go to one of the pre-release drafts. Uh, and it was a blast. It felt like drafting a, an older set. It really had an old feel to it. What uh, did you draft? I ended up drafting Bant. Uh, first pack, first pick, I went with the uh, Astral Drift, I believe is what the card's called, Ugh. the new Astral Slide. Yeah. Good start. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, I was immediately having uh, some feelings of, I believe it was Onslaught. Yeah. I just had to draft it. There was a lesser Manticore in the pack, and I really wanted to draft that instead, but I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. I had to go with the the new Astral Slide. How many uh, cycle cards did you get? Oh Lord, I ended up with at least fifteen. Wow. Um, well, I didn't get to play all of them in the deck, but uh, <laughs> I did get two own color cycle lands and. Um, I ended up. I started white blue and then moved to white green. Okay. Used a light light splash of blue, and um, went one 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 with the, <laughs> with my draft. <laughs> um, it many, was it was blink something with the uh, the astral glide or whatever. Actually, having it in play, I had one game where I had it in play and got to just abuse the um, abuse the hell out of it. But the rest of the time, I used it more of as, as a cycle blink effect. Okay, okay. Ended up happening, which was great. It, it did great doing that. I don't know. I got excited seeing Astro Drift in the spoilers because uh, Astro Slot was my first quote unquote net deck yeah. competitive list I played. And uh, yeah, fun memories. Um, don't think I'll ever see the light of day in modern, but who knows? Maybe I the stars and moons online. Like. I imagine it's on the fringe, but you already have like new perspectives, which if you have meet the conditions should be like an insta kill since you can just go through your entire deck. Um, and anything that basically allows you to draw your whole deck, if you have some sort of win condition, you should be able to kill them if you draw your deck. Um, it might not be enough, like new perspectives is a six mana card, but if everything in your deck cycles or very close to everything in your deck cycles, uh, the idea of being able to go through your entire deck for no mana seems really good. Um, but we'll, we'll see. You know, uh, there are people with greater minds, more creative minds than I that will put some of these cards to the test. So, were there any cards that um, like we get, you expect to see play? We'll, we'll start there. You didn't want to hear about all the green fat I drafted? That was what really carried the deck. <laughs> so what are some of the green creatures that stood out? Uh, that I um, can't remember the first part of the name. But it was one green, four colorless. 
the Anurid at uh, four four. When it comes into play, you can sacrifice a land to draw a card. Yeah, and it has threshold where you get plus one plus one and vigilance. Yeah, that guy was a house. He did all the heavy lifting. Yeah, I mean threshold seems pretty easy to reach, especially if your deck is full of cards that cycle. Oh yeah, he he was always swinging for five and staying back to protect the team. Yeah, that seems is he the, is it common? Yeah, yeah, I had four of them. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I, mean, I guess while everybody else is dirtling, you're just like attack for five, attack for five. Yeah, that's. Um, but there is a lot of sack uh, outlets in red black, and um, there was a lot of ways for him just to get chump blocked. He felt more like a abyss than anything. Oh, okay. With and abyss in green is still pretty good though. Yeah, especially once he finally tags in his brother, and there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> That being a common, I guess it does cost five mana, but it still seems pretty good, though. Yeah, the format doesn't feel very fast. Like, it yeah. seems like it could have the potential, but you'd have to have a really stellar draft to get there. I the think cards. they kind of want it to be a little bit slower, so you have a chance to assemble some of the, like, soft combos. Uh, just give people a chance to actually play with their cards, as opposed to, like, turn four. It's like, ugh, might be dead next turn. So you just don't have a chance to play with the fun cards, so to say. Yeah, I just green has a lot of fat. The other one, I still can't remember its name, was four colorless, two green. It was a five-five trampler. But if you had a land in your graveyard, it got plus three, plus three. Okay. It was always an eight-eight. Oh, that card is pretty good. It's like a, it feels like an eight-eight or something. That's so that's uh, dumb. Yeah, for six mana. Big yeah. dude. So. Hey, just looking through the set, it feels like a random high school cafeteria table cube where it everyone does. just got their cards together. It and it's like, okay, let's just make something we can use to draft every day, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this set hitting modern. Um, I think one of the cards that I'm looking at the most, um, it might not even see play in modern, but the... Um, that Eons card. Uh, the one with flashback? Yeah. Shuffle Echo your... Eons. Yeah. So, like, six mana. So, it's four UU. Each player shuffles their hand in graveyard into their library, then draw seven cards, which is medium, I guess. Uh, but then flashback for two and a U. Like, that... Um, if you are talking about like, it with, uh, like, Lion's Eye Diamond, which is, like, that's... They kind of do go hand in hand, you know. Um, we'll, we'll see if it sees play, but it looks, uh, especially in Legacy, like very, very good. You got the feeling like they're trying to take Modern into a more Legacy-style format. I'm okay with that. Uh, how so? Well, I just feel like you, first you start with the pitch cards, which really gives you, like, I mean, if you ask most people what the difference between Legacy and Modern is, they're going to tell you force of will. Yeah. Um, so you now have a, a set of pitch cards, which all of them but the red one is worth a darn. And uh, it just feels good. Yeah, if you didn't have to sacrifice the tokens during your upkeep, I agree. You could pitch, you could pitch at the end of their turn and swing for six. They'll waylay combo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think just, the green one is very good, though, because uh, most pitch cards are you're going one for two, so you're down a card, but the green one 
can get two things, so you're still at parity. Um, like being able to get like a blood moon and a, a chalice or something uh, seems pretty good. Like you won't always have two targets, but the fact that you could get two targets seems really good to me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I feel like the green is the sleeper force card. It's actually the best one of the group. Yeah. You know, the way it interacts and what it does for modern is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Rock got a major upgrade with this set. Yeah. And being able to get out from under a Blood Moon for free is a big deal for a lot of decks. Um, like if you're playing like Valakut or something, uh, it's quite possible to get locked out by a Blood Moon, especially if it lands early and you just didn't get a chance to fetch Forest for whatever reason or you just didn't want to. Um, like being able to just get out from under it for nothing basically is, is huge, I think. I think it really does also put a damper on the uh, Chalice decks. Yeah. Because most of their naturalized effects cost one. Like you're playing like, was it Nature's Claim or something like that? Um, those type of cards. So being able to just freely tag that uh, Chalice when you need to, that's, that's a big game. I think the black one's pretty good too, although it requires some setup. Um, it's not always good, but I think that it will often be good. It's very. I think it's more of a. Artifact. Um, I think it's more of a board card. Sorry. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I don't think you, I would not play in the main because there's too many decks that don't play enough creatures for it to be good in the main. But in the board, I would definitely play. I think it's very good. Even just hard cast, I think it's good. Um. I don't think Force of Negation is that good, though. I think it's medium at best. I don't really like it. I think it depends on how heavy of a combo format Modern becomes. Yeah. Uh, I believe some control decks eventually want that card. Uh, the fact that it says none creature spell is uh, yeah, pretty brutal. Like, that's my whole thing. Like If you just were able to counter something, um, even if the stipulation has to be on my opponent's turn for me to get it for free, like, I think that the card would still be very good if it just said counter target, whatever. Um, but the fact that it's non creature, like, what exactly are you countering in modern? Like, Karn, you can negate it. Um, like, maybe you counter Chalice if so, your hand is weak to it. So, it's really good against Dredge. Um, when they're on the play, you can board it in. So, they go like turn one, Fate was Sitting, turn, or turn two cathartic reunion you still have a chance in interacting with their velocity yeah um, so it's good there um but in the current climate or format i, I think that's gonna be the only situation you, you kind of want that card as like jessica control or azura worse than just graveyard hit like i'd rather just play additional copies of surgical or like um spell bomb or relic or something than play this that's fair. Hey, it gets it gets cranial plating. True. Yeah. <laughs> and if get cranial plating. <laughs> so so let's like so let's think about like what matchups where it's like are you're punished for being on the draw? Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot better in the matchups where you're on the draw, but it's still just I'm not gonna say it won't see any play. I just don't like it. It doesn't seem very good to me. Legitimate. Uh, that's- that's because you're comparing it to Force of Will. 
You know that's what you're doing. You can stop it. You're not wrong. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It might be halfway decent. I don't know. It might be all right. We can all agree the green force is the best force. But I think that the blue one is the second best. Yeah. Um, Let's see. So I think that – was it Hogak or – Gake or something like that. Yes, that guy is a beast. Yeah, I think that car is going to see a lot of play. Um, I mean, people have already been testing with it a lot. Like, anything that can basically be free is worth looking at. And this car being an 8 with Trample that can be free um, seems really, really powerful. Is it the black-green creature? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. five hybrid black-green, hybrid black-green for an 8 You can't spend men on it but it has Convoke and Delve. So in a, in a deck that has Bloodgasts, um, you can get its cost to zero pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, so, so Bridgevine, uh, which is one of my pet decks, which I feel like it accidentally got a lot of hate because of uh, Blue Red uh, Phoenix and um, Dredge, but yeah. I really enjoy the deck. Um, that deck has taken off. I'm on a Bridgevine th- uh, forum mm-hmm. on Facebook, and the moment they spoiled that guy, just the, the deck list went nuts. Yeah. And so right now there seems to be a Altar of Dementia Hogak deck oh, that uses man. the the Bridgevine uh, shell to mm-hmm. ramp that guy out basically on turn two, so you have lethal on turn three. Ah, uh, it's so good. Like, does it be Graveyard hate though? So that's what the discussion is. And after board, the answer is still yes, because you get to play four Assassin's Trophy. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, I mean, Trophy does kind of allow you to answer anything, which is pretty good and modern. Um, I think the uh, – um, what's that guy's name? The, the Red Shaman dude – that is a 2-2 when it comes into play, you discard two cards and then draw two cards. Seasoned Pyromancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that guy's also very good. I don't know what deck it goes into, but I think... Um, Bridgevine. <laughs> <laughs> Does a man support that card? I mean, I guess... It, I mean, three, three mana is a little bit on the rough side, but you're always yeah. looking for discard outlets that let you throw away the cards that are gluing up your hand. Yeah. Or gumming up your hand. Um, like, the fact that it's... Even if you have, like, no cards, you still get two... Like, a free draw to, like, seems really good to me. Um, like, I, I like that card a lot. It's not a card that I would probably play, but I think the card is very good, though. So, if I had had notes prepared, you just covered both of my two cards I had picked. Ah. <sighs> Those are pretty good cards to pick. Great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. How do you guys feel about the mocks? Disgusting. Uh, ED, EDH players are happy it exists. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it has a, a place in modern. I'm I'm on the fence. And my reason is that when you have cards that create redundancy and similar effects, um, they're always worth looking at. So it's very similar to um, 
uh, what's the one that becomes like a, uh, the other Lotus that has suspend three that the uh, ad nauseum decks play? The black Lotus. Yeah, black, yeah. Yeah, no, so I think not, it's, that's... Um, <laughs> it's obviously not as good, but it's in the same realm, I feel, where they both have suspend three and add mana when they come off. Um, so I don't know what deck wants it, but it feels like it can be part of another uh, combo deck. Um, like a different type of form or something. I don't know. Yeah, sure. So Ad Nauseam is always a potential candidate. I think a lot of people are forgetting about the Electro Dominance as foretold decks. Yeah. Um, they can definitely abuse that card. On top of the new, I think the new Rhino card is huge for that deck. I the, mean, you run out of suspend. Yeah. Yeah, you run out as foretold, you get to play it for free. So three mana have eight power. Uh, let me see. Where is that card? I think it's called Stampeding Rhinos. Or Crash of Stampeding Rhinos or something like that. Crashing Foothills? Footfalls? Create two four four Rhino creature tokens of Trample. Suspend yeah. four turns, one green mana. Okay, yeah. I dig it. I, I know you like you can electro dominance for two mana and play that card for free. Ugh, that's pretty good. That seems a lot better than a lot of the dirtling that they've been doing lately. Like they playing like the ancestral visions or whatever is cool, but having something that's actually going to kill your opponent right off the bat. Uh, seems a lot more uh, relevant. You know, like, I'd, I'd rather just have, this is going to kill you than me spinning my wheels kind of thing. Yeah, so, like, turn one, you go Mountain, Simeon, Spirit Guide, Electro Dominance, that card. Eight power on turn one. That's a pretty good start. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's aggressive. Speaking of killing people, scale up for Infect. Um, I think it's just a strict upgrade. Just turn your guy into a six do six top power guy. It's putting a lot of pressure on your opponent. It does. Like if you have like just any peaceful like uh interaction, like any way to protect your guy, so that if they have, you know, a, a fatal push or whatever, um that's really strong start. Like six Force negation, gotcha. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, got me good. <laughs> You're not gonna infect me. I'm not getting infected. So legitimately, like force and negation is gonna be really good. Like it, it will allow you to have turns where you're proactive with your planeswalkers, and you still have a security net. Like nothing too bad is gonna go wrong. Yeah, I mean, crazy. blue white can leave up one white and have force and negation plus path. I mean, so what are you doing? So, Josh, yeah, it doesn't hit creatures, but you're so redundant with creature removal. Like, if if a creature is your problem, then the wheels have already fallen off as Jeskai or Azorius. At that point, you're just hoping to get a ref effect. What right. typically falls off the rails is when they play an impactful non-creature spell that diminishes what you're doing or stops you from doing what you're going to do in future turns. I mean, if they didn't have cards like Thalia or the new guy, then I'll 100% be on board. But um, 
Thalia making where now my force costs one mana, like it seems like a ah, it's so awkward. Like, it, it is awkward. It might not matter. Um because that's that's a mostly creature deck, but um I don't know. The card might be fine. Like I'm not saying the card's not fine, but I don't know. It uh, could end up being a cyborg card. I mean it still it, it still it serves a purpose. A cyborg card. I don't think I would main it. Like you don't want to main too play humans or whatever, but I would definitely play that in sideboard if I was going to Oh, play. yeah, I'll get that ether vial. Boom. Slow down. <laughs> oh, man. So, I like the flexibility of Arch Archmage's Charm. I yeah. hit triple blue is a heavy cost, but being able to either counter a spell, draw two cards, or take a non-land permanent with converted mana cost one or less, that's ether a ton, ton of flexibility. Yeah, I like that card. Um, I mean, you probably can't really play it in a three-color deck. Um, began, having triple blue on turn three in a three-color deck seems tough. Not impossible, but if you have what's like one off-color basic or whatever, it's like, well, I guess I'm not casting on turn three. But I definitely like that card. And I like it having an always-on mode. Yep. So even if there's nothing else to do, you're just like, I'll just draw two cards. Yep. It does have an Esper Charm kind of feel, but I feel like yeah. the modes are a little more relevant. Yeah. Um, how do you guys feel about Unsettled Mariner? The uh, humans want that card. Uh, two two shapeshifter. Whenever the you are want that card. Control, it counts it unless the uh, owner control owner pays one. I think that card's pretty good too. Yeah, it's very good. So it's just another card. Yeah. So it's just another toolbox card for humans. Like I dig it. Um, I think the biggest upgrade for spirits is Sarah, the planeswalker. Like be able to pump your team. Like helps you do what you do best, which is like make the clock unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And the worship mode is nothing to laugh at. Yeah. I think Sarah's spirits though. I think Mariner, you're right. I think it fits into, I think it actually fits into any, being a shapeshifter fits into any tribal deck. And yeah. it's a powerful effect for two mana. Very aggressive on a 2-2 body. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about Sarah, and I think that's one of the overrated cards in the set. I, I really don't like what she does. I think for four mana, that effect's just not enough. Yeah, like, I think it's only good in spirits. Because, like, all three of her modes are relevant at some point in game in that deck. So any other deck, We're, I'm like, eh, not so great. Uh, tokens. Uh, I think it works with tokens, but that's about it. Yeah. I, I can see it in tokens. Although tokens has so many four mana Planeswalkers that are good in that deck. I, I don't know how you pick which one you would want. The one that comes with a 4-4 token body. I mean, that's uh, I can't argue with that, you know. Um, but lifelink seems pretty good too, though. Like that's true. That is true. Um, but I haven't played tokens enough to really have authority on it as to whether or not this card is better than the other Gideons or Sorens that are available to that deck. As a for as a former tokens aficionado, Soren is better. Um, the, the lifelink. Yeah, just the lifelink, man, it's huge. Yeah. Especially if you're going the Bitter Blossom route. 
Yeah, I can see that. But like, uh, didn't so much at once seems huge. Yeah, but back in the day, didn't spirits uh, play worship in the board? Uh, I think sometimes they did. I don't know. Man Eldrazi. Yeah, Ban Eldrazi definitely played it. Because I, I can really see like Skull Captain times two or Skull Captain Phantasmal Image with a worship effect. It's pretty much a hard lock if there's no ref effects. Yeah. Or a sack. Which I, I was surprised that they printed um, Cruel Edict in this set after printing a strictly better Cruel Edict in War of the Spark. Um. I thought that the time was off, but I guess it's like for flavor perspectives, like, hey guys, you got cruel edict. It's like we already got better cruel edict. Thanks. Though. And I got cruel edict times eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the options. Which is funny because the format had been hurting for an efficient cruel edict for a long time, I think. And getting two in short order when they're not really even necessary anymore is uh interesting like when the former had like more tarmogorphs and um those type of cards the edict seemed a lot better but now it's like there's already three phoenixes in play like edict seems terrible now force of despair <laughs> got him I, I can play i can see that in that scenario there's like uh phoenix triggers like okay uh tagging for nine uh, no not this turn maybe next turn no they were gonna search for it <laughs> so, this this may be a silly question: Is Ranger Captain of Ales better than Militia Bueller in humans? Uh, let me see. What exactly does that card do? So three mana, three three. When Ranger comes into play, search library for a uh, creature card. Convert mana cost one or less. Reveal it. Put it into your hand and shuffle your library. Sack it. Your opponents can't cast off your spells this turn. Um, Feels like it. Sometimes. Like being able to save your team from a wrath that you expect to happen is a big deal. But I guess you can also get any creature in your library that's one or less. So that's a big deal. But Bugler hitting um, anything with two power Basically means literally any creature in your deck except for like Mantis Rider you can hit. Yep. Um, I don't know. Like, if you had this card, you may, you may have like much better cyborg plan if you're going to play other uh, one power creatures in your deck, like in the cyborg for specific matchups. I could see it being better in that scenario. It does have an additional point of power, so it, it might be better sometimes. <clears throat> All right, guys. I mean, here's here's the most important card we're going to talk about. Urza. Man, get out of here. Urza? Get out of here. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Affinity's going to ride that guy to the to the. Oh the man, Urza. Line. He's limping in that picture. Like, it's like, <laughs> please don't play me a modern. You will regret it. What? He's got all those robots around him. He's fine. I think in the Grixis word deck, he might be an okay sideboard option. But I don't really know what you're supposed to do with all the mana that you get. Well, you're, that's how, it's gonna, how you're going to dodge all the lockdown artifact effects. Stony Silence and the new Oki. Yeah, I mean, they I, put yeah. the Stony Silence on a bear. What yeah. were they thinking? 
Yeah. Um, I think that card I see a lot of play too, though. That the Ofi or Of, I guess is how you say it. No, I, I think it's Ofi because yeah. Ofi. Oh, oh, oh. No, I don't know how it's actually pronounced. Yeah, but I imagine that that card would see some cyborg play. I'd be surprised if it didn't. What are you talking about? May Deck, click the company, boom, in your face. <laughs> so, so this is a very careful not like, hey, if you want to do fun stuff with artifacts, here you go, this is Urza, but you're not going to do KCF type fun stuff. Yeah, basically. I don't know, that little robot he makes, that token he makes is going to swing for a bunch. That's true too. I mean, if you need cards, man, you got all the robots to turn into mana, and he gets you the ability to shuffle up your deck and get a card. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys feel about um, the London Mulligan rule that was goes, goes into effect core 2020 or whatever, but I, I kind of like it um, overall because I feel like it leads to more interactive games, although it definitely powers up some of the more powerful combos. But we have more answers, so it might be okay. Well, anything that takes luck out of the game is, is better for the game in the long run. Um, to me, right now, there's, you know, Mulligan chipping away at your hand. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're looking at five cards, and you're like, man, <laughs> there's just no way I'm going to get a playable hand now or four yeah. cards. Yeah. At least with this, you get to see a full grip of seven, and you're like, okay, I can make a playable hand out of this. Yeah. Before I respond, just going back to the previous conversation, Collective Conjuring should have been an instant and should have let you look at the top six and choose an instant or sorcery, two instant sorceries, CMC three or less. There, I said it. The card's already busted enough. What you talking about? No way, man. It's not busted enough. No way. It's a, so- a sorcery for four. You let, let you get two sorceries? Nah. Should have been instant, let you get instant sorceries. Then I, we I say Storm won't play it. Play it safe. They had to play it safe. I'd rather them not play it safe. It become like a forty dollar card, and then a year later, it get banned. <laughs> just, just let me play with it for a little minute. <laughs> let me just get a little on, bit. No, I'm on the opposite side of that. <sighs> I, I think it's probably just better to play it safe. Um, just because it's. Magic only can ban cards. They can't really, like, change cards. Uh, I, I would rather them play it safe, especially when a card has so much potential with it, something like that. So it seems better to play it safe. Okay, sure. So, London Mulligan. I love it. I wish it was available right now in competitive play. Um, but we will have to wait to what, M20? Yeah. Uh, it's just going to reduce the amount of luck, you know. For example, you saw in the finals um, of the Invitational today where the guy's opponent, Mogan, he had the biggest smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's how detrimental of an advantage be, having to do a Mulligan is. Yeah, um, Yeah. sure, you hear stories like, oh, I'm the five and still one, mm-hmm. um, but that's extremely rare. Um, yeah. Even mowing the six um, drastically reduces your chances of winning. Um and I think their article, when they announced that the London Mulligan will be official, um, detailed it. You know, it's like, hey, we made it available at the Pro Tour. You know, Urza definitely saw increased numbers, but they didn't, like, steal the show as far yeah. as overtaking the top tables. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, there's going to be some decks that are better than others, but it's up to the format to naturally self-correct and uh, figure out the best course. Like, yeah, I'm more likely to get the cards I need to win, but my opponent's more likely to get sideboard cards that help me deal with it. Yeah. Which is another reason why I think this new uh, Force Negation spells could be really good, because, like, okay, if, if your opponent chooses to Mulligan aggressively for some combo piece or whatever, you can definitely punish them with uh, Force of Negation. That's fair. Gotcha. <clears throat> So last thing I want to talk about briefly, um, Netflix and Magic the Gathering have announced an animated series coming out. I don't know when, but um, they're working on it. A lot of heavy hitters behind it, um, the guys behind Endgame and some very top tier artists and writers. So um, are you guys excited for this uh, series or not? I mean, it's nice, but where's my live action magic? Where's that? I want live action. Come on now. You just want to know who's going to play Liliana. That's a fair question. Who who would play Liliana in a live action MTG? Uh, the girl from the Matrix. The lady from the Matrix. Monica, whatever her name is. Oh, uh, the French girl. Yeah, I yeah. can definitely see that. Yes. That's like... Bellucci or something like that? Yes. I just didn't want to butcher the last name. Yeah. I can see the girl from Fast and Furious. Which the one, one that jumped off the airplane to her death. Oh. <laughs> Had the Asian dude like... Spoilers! Spoilers, come um, on. Dude, it's like four years ago. Come on. <laughs> How about spoilers? <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm curious how they're going to do this show because I was like... I was thinking to myself, like, what brown character are they going to have in there? Um, this is the way, like, their core story is, like, there's no brown characters in it, really. I'm just like, hmm. I feel like they're going to have to put one in there. And so I'm wondering if they're going to have, like, the story as it is, like, a different story, or how it's going to go. What are you talking about? You guys have the – you represent the most powerful mage in Dominaria. We all know Teferi's king. Yeah. I mean, if he's in the story, like that's cool. But he's only in like a small segment compared to like how long we've had Planeswalkers and their story's been going on. Like they didn't really announce like what part of the story they're going to address. Well, that's true. Uh, but the, so the question is, do you repeat, rehash what's already happened, or do you take off and hit some new ground? I mean, I want there's a lot of. I do too. I, I hope that's the direction they go. So I, I'm just what afraid that. Karuk. <laughs> he hasn't done anything in a while they kind of teased that he was still like a usable character so uh he's like yeah. he was too powerful. He's just in an alternate dimension just chilling i'm sure nah, he's too powerful they just couldn't show him he's the apex predator man yeah apex apex have you, have you ever seen apex predator on board in a modern journalist it's terrifying <laughs> <laughs> absolutely terrifying not to their boss shout out to team <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, um, if I remember correctly, the the guy drops the the Chandra, uh, what was it Torch of Defiance? Yeah, and T just flat up next turn Apex Predator. <laughs> <laughs> the look on the guy's face was like, well, "What's happening here? Is this a How do you prank beat? show?" Like, I don't he think does it. That, that was it. That was fair deck. Pretty much any seven-minute card that was unbeatable with a fair deck. 
(laughs) They definitely did not have Assassin's Trophy at the time either. Yeah. (laughs) So, Netflix is going to have an MTG show. Uh, Yeah, first I'm curious, like, okay, what area is it going to be in? Like, what part of the storyline? People directing and writing it, top talent. So, uh, I feel like they're going to do it justice. Um, None zero percent chance that um, I'm going to try Netflix and chill with that show in the background <laughs> just to get the feet wet to see if there's any interest in the game. Yeah, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> it's uh, it's been good catching up with y'all. I uh, appreciate y'all's time. Um. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's good to catch up with y'all. Yeah, well, man. Thanks, 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 for, thanks having for having us. us. Mm-hmm. Well, Netflix and chill. I can't believe you went there. It's hey, bad. man, you know me. You know me. I, you, you know I got to push the limits. Thanks, right?